You know, it's kind of, have you ever noticed on different moments in life, different special days, that you pick up on phrases just in the world, whether you're watching television, and of course, when you're in church services, the phrase that hit me this morning when it said, sit at the table, come taste of the grace. And I thought, how many times have we experienced that in our homes at the hands of our mothers and grandmothers and aunts and all the wonderful women in our life? Just a table of grace. And we, and we were welcome there. Just, this is a great day. Whether you're online, here in person, I always hesitate to have an intermission. I'm afraid they're not going to come back, but you're here. I'm, <laughs> thank you so much for coming back. This is a special day. A special day. Happy, happy Mother's Day. Every one of us has one, and this is her day. And I was thinking about this, too. Some of us are fortunate enough to still have mom here. Some of us, mom is waiting for us on the other side. Some of us have mothers that have been a sort of surrogate, a spiritual mother. Don't you have people like that in your life that have, I don't know, provided acceptance and compassion and and that unconditional love, this is, this is a day about that, too. And it seems only appropriate that we would talk about this aspect of our calling, loving neighbors, on this day, a day when we all recognize there's something unique about the love of a woman. It's beautiful. So let's start with this question. Anyone here or online have any issues with loving like Jesus loved? Well, of course not. We don't have any issues with that. Okay, the follow-up question is, does anyone here have any need for an improvement in that area in your life? Okay, I'll go first. I'm just going to say it. When it comes to love, I'll tell you that the person I have the most difficulty with in this church is my wife's first husband. <laughs> I've seen how Jesus loves others. But what we see in ourselves and in this world, oh my, it is a far cry from what we see in him. A couple was in trouble, and so they came and set up an appointment with the pastor. And as they explained their situation, the pastor decided to ask a couple of questions to the husband. And he looked at him and said, listen, the Bible says that you're to love your wife as Christ loves the church. Could you start there? And he said, oh, oh no, I can't. That's too much. And so the pastor said, well, if you can't start there, how about here? The Bible says you're to love your neighbor as yourself. Could you start with loving your wife as you would your neighbor? And the husband said, oh, there's no way. I, I couldn't start there either. And then the husband and a little, or the pastor in a little bit of disgust said, well, the Bible says you're to love your enemies. You're going to have to start there. Yeah, sometimes that's where we are. Properly loving others, properly loving our neighbors, whoever they are, neighbors living in our house, neighbors living in another house, answering our calling to loving one another continues to be one of the world's greatest needs. And it's mentioned all through Scripture. You can go back in the most ancient of documents, Moses and the law, in Leviticus. You guys who are reading through the Scriptures, you read over this one, Leviticus 17, 18. Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. And then Solomon picks up the baton. It is a sin to despise one's neighbor. 
but blessed is the one who is kind to the needy. Paul will pick up when he speaks this word to a church plant in Galatia. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourselves. James, Jesus' little brother, would write, if you really keep the royal law found in Scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you're doing right. And Jesus himself, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. It's as though we've needed this reminder all through the years to all through the generations and through all of the people groups let loving your neighbor define you jesus said that when we love each other that's the mark of identification that we belong to him jesus would say outdo one another with your love never let your love for each other run dry jesus says let my love for you prompt you to then love others and look at this instruction to those who had received the call nearly 2,000 years ago in a church plant in Rome. This is really, really worded in a unique way. Look. Let no debt remain outstanding except, except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and whatever other command there may be, are summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. You, did you notice that first part, let no debt remain outstanding, except, in other words, keep an outstanding debt of love to one another. Keep borrowing against that debt. Now, you might not think this is very good financial advice, but we're not talking about money. Keep paying against that debt, but never pay it off. Do not pay it off. Follow your payments against your love debt for one another and raise the credit limit as much as you can to owe more debt. This is great language, isn't it? See how much love debt credit you can actually acquire and pay on it with all you've got. Now, that is an incredible call. Loving neighbors. Have you ever owed somebody some money, and every time you saw it, you were reminded of it? You kind of find yourself thinking, man, if they're going to be there, I need to kind of avoid that situation. <laughs> you know, you hate that. Jesus wants us to have that kind of feeling of indebtedness toward everyone we see, but not in terms of owing them money, pay your debts, but rather in debt to them in love, in service, in forgiveness, in acceptance, in compassion. We're kind of back to the women in our life, aren't we? And the simple reason we are indebted in love to other people is because of God the Father. He loved us enough to pay off our sin debt. And he paid it off in the most amazing way. Look, how, you ask? In Christ. God put the wrong on him who never did anything wrong so that we could be, be put right with God. Now that is a debt that none of us will ever be able to repay. 
So he wants us to view our debt to others the same way, a debt we can never pay off. We are forever in debt to this loving our neighbors. It doesn't stop. Every person we meet, from family to friends, co-workers, classmates, even those brief encounters with people that we may never see again, it's an opportunity for us to make a payment on our love loan. Paying on love loans is a forever thing. It's unbelievably fulfilling here on earth, and i got to believe it's going to be beyond comprehension to carry that on in heaven. Do you you think we're going to still be paying love loans in heaven? Oh my goodness, yes. We're going to see the Lamb of God and we're going to realize more fully what He has done for us. We won't be able. Can you imagine an existence where we have endless resources and energy and we have this opportunity to pay on our love loans to everyone we meet in the hereafter? And if it's fulfilling here, what in the world must it feel like there? I need to talk to you about Opal. Opal's a Christian writer. Opal was sitting on a Greyhound bus one night between Flagstaff and Albuquerque. It was a cold night, and the bus stopped in a small Indian community, and a young American Indian teenager boarded the bus and sat down behind her. Maybe it was the warmth of the bus or the rocking motion, but she could tell by his breathing that he was fast asleep very quickly. Sometime later, he woke up, ran down the aisle to ask the bus driver about a certain stop where he was supposed to get off. And the bus driver snapped back and said, well, we passed that stop a long time ago. Why didn't you get off? The young man just slumped and he went back to his seat. Opal could tell that he was anxious and upset because he was sitting right behind her still. He got back up, and he walked back up to the driver, and he said, Sir, would you please stop the bus and let me off? I've got to walk back to where I was supposed to get off. And the bus driver said, No, it's too cold, and it's too far. You'd freeze. You're going to have to ride this bus all the way to Albuquerque and then catch another bus back to the spot where you were supposed to get off. And now the young man, he, he just went and sat back down while Opal was witnessing all of this. She could tell he was worried, and she thought, I've got an opportunity to pay on my love loan. She turned around to this young man she had never met before, and she said, is there anything I can do to help? Well, he started, I don't know what to do. I've never been to Albuquerque, and besides, I don't have any more money, and they're going to make me pay again, and I, 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 I don't know. She said, well, you listen, you just don't worry. You just stick with me. Once we get to Albuquerque, I'll make sure that you get on the right bus back to your stop. And if they charge you, I'll pay for it, which they shouldn't do. But if they don't, I'll buy the ticket. And then Opal got up and walked down that aisle in that moving bus to the bus driver. And she just gave him the once over. She said, can you make sure the next bus he gets on back to the stop where he was supposed to get off that they won't charge him to get back where he needs to go and she started in on him and she came back and they went back and forth and guess what happened the bus driver said yes ma'am i'll do that just exactly opal went back and sat down and turned to the young man and she said it's all taken care of don't you worry everything's going to be okay 
And she turned back around, and after they rode in complete, total silence for about 10 minutes, she felt a little tap on her shoulder. And she turned around, and that young man said, Ma'am, ma'am, are you a Christian? Opal knew that she had an opportunity to pay on her love loan. And she did. She had a moment. She had a moment to love a neighbor that she'd likely never see again. There's something unique about the love of a mother anyway. Something very similar to the love of our Heavenly Father. Can you hear that part of our calling? Our calling to love the world outside our window. Father, grip us inside out. Let the change happen because of who you are, not because of anything that we try to manufacture. And Father, in the name of Jesus, we would ask that we would answer this part of the call, that we would be loving to our neighbors. Hear our hearts, Father, we sing to you in Jesus' name.